podcast we are a podcast that talks about horror movies some old some new this one kind of in between not really new we're going to talk about the 2008 classic the ruins i'd say if it's under 10 years old it's new okay so this brand spanking new movie the ruins we're going to talk about today i mean it's getting close but yeah they'll be ready with the gold watch pretty soon on this one but um i was in mexico for five days Trapped, stranded, <laughs> I was, on the top of a pyramid. I was eating barbecued iguana. <laughs> mm. I was at an all-inclusive resort for a friend's wedding, and um, or I should say two friends' wedding to each other, and uh, kind of got an idea that, hey, that movie that's about this uh, Mayan curse or whatever, never have watched it. Might make a good subject. But uh, first, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that intro song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find them on Facebook. You can buy the music on iTunes or Amazon. Good spooky surf rock and other things. So, what have you guys watched since we did this last? God, it's been a long time. <laughs> um, I haven't watched much other than wrapped up the fourth season of The Americans and... Uh, I think that's about it. The Americans. Julian, what about you? Well, I've watched um, Best Years of Our Lives. Have you seen that one? No, I don't think so. What Have you is seen that? that one? No, I don't think so. Um, since you're into film noir, you should definitely check it out. It's not film noir. It's from 1946. Mm-hmm. William Wyler. The director of photography is Greg Toland. Okay. You'll know from several noir. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he's done a bunch of films with William Wyler. Um, so it, it's, it looks great, you know. So it's about these three veterans, and they've just come home to this mm-hmm. small town. Uh, so there's Dana Andrews, uh, Frederick March, Harold Russell. And uh, so they've both kind of, and they've all been damaged in different ways. And, uh, you know, they're dealing with the, uh, you know, what they've seen and how they've been affected. Wow. I have heard of this film. Yeah. Once it, you start it describing really, it. It is really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, yeah. yeah. There's some amazing shots in it, like deep focus stuff. Oh, and excellent. Lots of shadows and, you know, all for a psychological effect. It's, yeah, it was really good. Uh, Comedy, and, right? <laughs> some of it is really funny it's quite a long movie um, some of it's like real tear jerking stuff you know but it earns it you know this is like 946 so it's all pretty yeah. fresh open yeah. wounds um, but yeah um, Harold Russell is he's like so he's one of the 
veterans and he's lost both his hands and he's he's an actual guy who lost his hand right? okay um but uh yeah so he wasn't an actor but he he'd done this uh information film of four veterans who'd been injured mm-hmm. because while he was training paratroops he's uh, this explosive went off and so he lost his hands um but he's he's so good uh and he, he's only been in a couple of movies but uh he he's like the only actor ever to have won two oscars for the same role really yeah because <laughs> uh they, they got to the oscar ceremony and um they thought oh he's not going to get it because there's always like major you know actors up for it but he so they gave him like a special award because they wanted to recognize his his contribution and uh and then it, he did actually win the oscar for best supporting actor so, well, all right uh, and then he sold it he he sold that oscar really uh, and he's the only actor to have ever sold an oscar because after uh 1950 weren't allowed to yeah but he had to pay for his wife's medical bills towards the end of her life <clears throat> mm. Yeah, and I also saw Objective Burma, and another war movie with Errol Flynn. That sounds like a Milton Kniff. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Operation I, Burma. I heard something about this on that podcast I was talking about. You must remember this. Okay. Apparently, okay, that was Errol Flynn, mm-hmm. and uh, he had never served in the no, military. He, he, was, he, he tried, but he was 4F. Oh, Okay. Um, so I guess he was ridiculed for this thing not having been filmed, or I, I guess the material was not accurate. Like there was no such. Um... I, well, the, the, it was uh, there was Merrill's Marauders and all that, and this was the film came out in '45, but the actual operation it was mostly um, other allies, so mm. it was mostly British, mostly Indian. Okay. Uh. Um, you know, various various other nationalities. And the Americans had Merrill's Marauders, but they were a minor part of getting back into Burma. Oh, okay. Uh, it just wasn't part of the American theater operations, really. He he got a lot of so static the, about it, apparently. Well, yeah, the, the British, um, they were really mad about it at the time, and it didn't get shown in Britain for several years. <laughs> but uh, that, that was interesting, because, like... Uh, I was watching it, and then and then uh, I saw online that uh, as this fellow who who works with TCM called Richard Harlan Smith, and uh, he remarked that it, it was so much like Predator, and I thought, oh yeah, <laughs> there's always uh, you got this like crack unit who go deep into the the forest. I mean, it's actually filmed in California, so it's not convincing. It's nowhere near as bad as the Burmese jungles were. <laughs> But anyway, they got this crack team and go in there, and they're, they're like, uh, you know, super soldiers, and and uh, they've got this like reporter who goes in with them, and um, and they they're like they parachute deep into the enemy territory, and this, and so the enemy, the, the you know the Japanese soldiers who of course are uh, incredibly wicked and you know into torture and stuff like that, and and for most of the movie you don't see them, and then. Uh, uh, so then the uh, the operation at a certain point it goes really wrong and they they kind of stuck deep in enemy territory and and um, they they start getting picked off and various horrible things start happening to them and does any of them say I ain't got time to bleed <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost get to the chopper uh, yeah 
<laughs> but uh, uh, choppers hadn't been invented yet. There's a bit towards the end because uh, some of the uh, the Japanese troops are sneaking up on them through the forest, you know, in pitch black night. Can speak perfect English, mm-hmm. and uh, so they go, "Hey, Joe, where are you, Joe?" So like a couple of the soldiers are going, "Oh, over here, buddy, come on," and then they get knifed. Oh, so it, it's kind of similar to the that sort of mimicking and yeah predator and you know attacking the crab monsters but um, and the ruins there's and, some and the ruins this and is, tango. this is interesting because i had thought this week of possibly a future show uh called that's not a horror movie <laughs> where you take something that's not a horror movie mm-hmm. like your operation burma or whatever objective yeah. objective burma yeah, Operation Predator, and yeah, you make you you make the case that it's a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, so. you can see a definite influence. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's a really exciting movie. It's uh, you know it's it's got the uh, obviously it's not going to win any prizes for che- treating the Japanese nicely. Well, it was nineteen forty-five. <laughs> yeah. um, there was no interest in that. But anyway, I, I, so I thought, oh, all right, I'll, I should watch Predator again. I haven't seen that. And ended up watching the first three movies. Ah. Uh, so Predator that, 3. I don't even know if I ever saw The first Predator one still three. holds up really well. Um, it's fun I was stuff. always kind of a fan of Predator 2. Yeah, Predator 2, it just feels... It, it costs a lot more money. It just feels cheaper. Oh, it somehow. felt super cheap, yeah. Yeah, it felt more like a because like after Predator, that that was like the template for all the, the like the sci-fi channel mm-hmm. kind of movies we have. Bunch of soldiers wandering around, monster, yeah, you know, picking them eventually off. Eventually turns up, and um, so you know after Predator, even the Predator sequels seem like sci-fi channel movies. Yeah, um, that whole beginning of Predator Two seems like it was filmed for television. Yeah. It seems really cheap. <laughs> yeah, everything looks like a set and everyone mm-hmm. looks like extras. Yeah. It just, it just seems so unreal. Yeah, so it's got a couple of good bits now. But... I don't think I remember Predator 2 at all. It's got um, Danny Clover. Yeah, yeah, Danny Clover is the hero and Gary Boosie is one of <laughs> As Buddy Holly. <laughs> oh, that was, he was great as Buddy Holly. He was. He, yeah. he channeled Buddy Holly. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. So I watched those, and then I watched uh, Predators, which is from 2010. Oh, okay. With uh, yeah, they, they get stuck on this planet, and it's like the most dangerous game. Yeah. Okay. That that movie it, it gets it's that's the dullest one. <laughs> it starts off really well with it, like it just starts off with him in free fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm waking up to what the situation is going to be, and then at a certain point, I think at the end of end of Act One, it just nothing happens for a really long time. There's lots of sitting around talking, and then they get Mark back of a to good film. yeah, <laughs> get back to having fighting the predators right at the end. <laughs> but by that time, you're just like, oh god. So there was something at the beginning, mm-hmm. a bunch of walking and talking, and then something at yeah, the they end. Yeah, they go. In, they go. Roger Corman <laughs> film. Yeah, they they. Uh, they get found by this uh, Lawrence Fishburne from The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, he, he finds them and he takes them back to his hideout where he's been hiding from the predators for, for you know, several seasons of hunting. You know, where's he hiding? In the huge spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So he takes them in his spaceship and he, like, and then they talk for a while. 
and you know, you get some information, and it just goes on and on and on, and they have a sleep and stuff oh, like boy. that. <laughs> Let's have a sleep. <clears throat> you know, we're gonna go have a lie down. <laughs> Take we, it easy. We were gonna have a sit down, but we were really tired. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Then I saw the Revenant. Yeah. Have you seen that one? I've not. No. In fact, that that horse off the cliff was so startling in the preview. I thought mm. I got to be in the right mood for this. There's lots of dead animals. Yeah. Some of them made by my friend Damien Fisher. Oh, nice. But um, um, from Godzilla. No. Um, Where do you know Damien from? Uh, he he works at Legacy Effects, so he makes lots of models of you know, monsters, and in, in this case, dead animals. It's like um, that's another movie which is like it's one of those like recent westerns like uh, Bone Tomahawk and Hateful Eight, which are like borderline horror movies. Mm. If there's a, any supernatural element in it, they'd be horror movies because there's this it gets really gruesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about fear. It's about extreme mm. um, circumstances, um, and and the plot is basically an EC revenge story stretched out over an epic scale. You know, oh. and he comes back from the dead, you know, almost literally, and tracks down the guy. That's all the plot there is. Yeah, but it's just this epic, you know, him suffering various things across the landscape and. It's, and it's just gorgeous. Try and see it. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. If you, if you want, <clears throat> if you just want to drink in the visuals and amazing, you know, performances, and it's really good. It was already on my list, but now it just moved up a couple <laughs> spots. Okay, then um, I saw Hell Drivers, which is not a horror movie, but uh, if you like noir, it's it's like it's one of my favorite British films from 1957. Uh, starring Stanley Baker, but it's got this, it, it won't sound interesting if I describe it because it's about about a bunch of lorry drivers. Okay, they've got to take tons of gravel from from the pits to where they're being used. Okay, so like there's a few miles of like narrow British roads. Okay, they've got to go as fast as they can, and they're all competing with each other. And some of them are really nasty to to each other, and it's like intense all the way. It's it's probably the noisiest, roughest you know, British movie that had ever been made, and um, you know after, after this the same like Stanley Baker and Seinfeld they made Zulu which is fantastic, okay, which is yeah. another yeah. movie where you can say oh uh, George Romero saw this. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yes, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll tell you some of the people in the cast. Hell Drivers, nineteen fifty-seven. Okay, you've got Stanley Baker, Herbert Lom. Uh, William Hartnell, so the first okay. Doctor Who. Sean Connery. Okay. Uh, Peggy Cummins. Patrick, okay. Patrick McGowan. Okay. Uh, Sid James from the Carry On <clears throat> series. Jill Island. David McCallum. Okay. <laughs> All in one movie. It's amazing. I have to see this. Yeah, you, you should check it out. It was on TCM recently. That is quite a cast. Yeah. What, what does Sean Connery do? What's his role? He's, he's one of the truckers. He's not, he's not one of the really... You ones like Patrick McGowan is okay, um, but yeah, he's, he's a bit of a rough house kind of character. So he's driving a truck full of rock. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Does he ever at any point dump a bunch of it on someone and say, "Welcome to the rock"? <laughs> <laughs> because that's a missed opportunity. Okay. Uh, I've got 
I guess he would have no way of knowing that was in his future, but... All right, I've got a few more to go. You okay? All right. Yeah, yeah please. Right. Uh, the Murderer Lives at number 21, 1942. Uh, I will see any movie directed by Henri-Georges Clouseau. He did Wages of Fear. Okay. Which is another truck movie. It's the one about the dynamite trucks. Okay. Remade as The uh, Sorcerer by William Freikin. Oh, okay. Director of uh, The Exorcist. Yes. Uh, anyway... The Murderer Lives at Number 21 is like his first feature-length movie that he directed. So it's made in France under the occupation. Oh, oh. really? So, yeah, he made a couple in, in, during the occupation, like uh, uh, Corbeau, uh, the, um, the Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's you can read all these things into it oh. if, you, if you want to see, like, jibes at the Nazis. But I'm... You're putting your life on the line, just putting in stuff like that. Yeah. How do you film? How do you get up and go film the, every day? The, yeah. There's like there's a bit where a guy's got he's he's kind of got t- two hands up, and then this fellow makes him put one of his hands down, so he's doing this Nazi salute, and it, he looks ridiculous for a second. But hmm. but uh, this is this um, it, it's a it, you know it's funny and it's a good uh, little criminal like whodunit thing uh, where this this guy who goes undercover at this. Uh, uh, this uh, pension uh, where there's all these like really eccentric people like there's this guy who's got his his room at this place is all done up like an Egyptian tomb and he sleeps in the sarcophagus <laughs> but uh, uh, the the opening scene there's um, before you know before you know who the killer is uh, there's a killer POV which is is the earliest one I know Hmm. I, I can think of off the top of my head anyway. There, there was POV shots before this. Right, yeah. But this is the first one I've seen where you've got the camera closes in on the victim and, and this, uh, the killer's got this cane sword and it, like, it's out in front of him and, he, and you just close in on this guy and, and kills him. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that, that was quite surprising to see, it, see one of those so early. All right, uh, we actually went out to the theatre to see uh, Warcraft. Mm. Yeah. Not Conjuring Two, but Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll probably see Conjuring Two at home. You know, get it from the library or something. Yeah. I wasn't keen on the first one, but yeah, I've heard some people say the second one's better, but who cares? <laughs> so, how was Warcraft? Uh, we enjoyed it. Um, it's getting terrible drabbing from the consensus of opinions. I don't know if you've read anything about it, but we had to see it because uh, Duncan Jones directed it. Okay. And there, you, uh, there's a lot of like father son stuff in it. There's like various family units in it, and hmm. yeah, you, you can you can see certain things in it. Um, uh, yeah, we, we enjoyed it. It's good looking and good effects. And um, uh, tr- trouble is, it's like uh, based on a video game, which is based on you know Tolkien esque yeah. fantasy. So it's like third hand at least. Yeah. So it all seems kind of familiar. Are the are the gamers hating on it? Uh, that we know of, we we were in the theater in front of a bunch of girls who were really into the game, and they like during the end credits they were like uh, they were talking about it and you know bits they you know characters they recognized and and liked and uh, they they're really into it. Good, um, and it's done huge numbers overseas. So. It would be a shame if there was you know such a use of resources and have everyone just hate the thing mm-hmm. is it true they just filmed two hours of gameplay <laughs> just had some people narrate while they're playing 
It's got uh, Paula Patton in it. Is this warrior? Thought you were like, going to say Paula Patton. She's like down. half human, half um, orc. Uh, she's really good. I really liked her. Okay, then we saw Santo <clears throat> y Blue Demon contra el Doctor Frankenstein. Oh wow! Have you seen that one? I've not. I thought since you were going to Mexico, we'd be doing the Mexican themed. Yeah, well, good call. <laughs> we are going to need to hear all about that. I'll tell you quickly what I watched. On the plane to Mexico, Deadpool, by your recommendation, oh, Julian. Yeah. I really did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised that it, you know, it was so funny, so fun. The, the action, even the over-the-top parts, you know, were not that horrible Michael Bay kind of thing where you, it's just action fatigue by the end of it. <laughs> But um, I enjoyed the humor. The, you know, it was the pace was great. They knew when to call it done. They didn't drag it out for like two hours and forty-five minutes. Um, the ride back from Mexico, I watched Black Mass, Johnny mm. Depp starring as Whitey Bulger. Um, oh, it was quite watchable. I spent I, 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 <laughs> what I'm a gonna, rave review. <laughs> quite watchable. <laughs> yes, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm going to put that in the little wreath, <laughs> Laurel Leaves. Richard Denver Post. Quite watchable. <laughs> That's going to be on the box. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite watchable. I um, didn't turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, they, they did a fine job. It wasn't, it, it wasn't the kind of thing that knocks your socks off. <laughs> put that in a fucking wreath right there. Um, it could save his career. Yeah. So that was, um, that was, that was all fine and good. But in Mexico... Um, in, in the resort, uh, uh, refrigerator, walk-in fridge known as the room, man, it's cold in the room and it's hot and steamy out in the world. There's mm. just two extremes. I watched, um, Tropic Thunder <laughs> and Grown Ups. In Spanish? They had Spanish subtitles, oh. which was weird because, um, they just left them in English. And then I caught like most of an episode of Friends in Spanish, mm. with English subtitles, if I remember right, and then all of the commercials were in English. You know, like all the clips from Friends in the, okay. in the promos in between the episode were all mm. in English, which was strange. Mm. Um, anyway, that I didn't do a whole lot of TV watching. There were a lot of uh, chameleons and iguanas and uh, cotamundis and um, raccoons, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, monkeys to, you know, to be spied upon. In the room? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they kept changing the channel. Yeah, you leave the window open. It's just like Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so it was, uh, like I had said earlier, it was, you know, all about our, uh, two friends getting married. And this resort is just bizarre. It's a different world. Not what I'm, not what I'm used to. Is in Cancun or somewhere? Yeah, it was about a, a 45 minutes to an hour outside Cancun, depending on... Who's How dri- fast who- you drove. Yeah. Uh, your, your cab driver might make it half an hour <laughs> and get you arrested by the federales. I was disappointed in, in uh, the, the lack of guys with machine guns in the airport. I mean, I really expected to see, like, the dudes standing there with, you know. You can see them in, in England. Yeah, see, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I don't think there's as much to worry about in Cancun, you know, unless they're on, on high alert for drunk frat boys or something. Um it is really strange. You don't have any gauge of how much you have had to drink because 
The drinks are these weird little plastic tumblers that are maybe eight or nine ounces. Mm-hmm. And the bartender might put a lot or a little booze in it when he mixes your drink. And if it's some foofy blended drink, I got foofy blended drink fatigue while I was down there. It was pretty bad. And then I, you know, I tried to mostly just drink beers, but, you know, there's always like, hey, let's drink this goofy thing on the menu because they have these laminated menus. And just try to drink your way through that menu. You're there for five days. No, it's not easy to do because some of them are really stupid recipes like red wine and Pepsi. That's how everybody in Europe drinks it, I understand. <laughs> really? Yes. I had a Hungarian lady tell me that. She poured Diet Pepsi into her red wine. It was weird. She said everybody in Europe drinks it this way. Really? I believe her. Take her in her word, I've man. never heard otherwise. <laughs> huh. So, um, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. I mean... Is it, is it fun? It's fun. It's stupid. Yeah, uh, it was all right. Yeah. Um, and then Grown Ups is like this ensemble cast of comedians doing... No, isn't Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder? Yes. And his production company did The Ruins. Yes. Oh, did it? Mm. Yes. I, I don't think I noticed that. Well, that's a funny tie-in. <laughs> so I did get to... Um, and there are no ropes or plexi around them. I did get to walk on several Mayan ruins and just like go to the top of the pyramid. And uh, I don't know if that block was for chopping off someone's head or if it's for standing on and summoning your minions or what kind of thing went on there, there wasn't a lot of history being shared but so, you didn't get the teotihuacan the what teotihuacan i don't know what that is that's the mayan capital city oh i guess i did not unless it was it's a- fun to say <laughs> sounds like a really cool convention yeah teotihuacan <laughs> yeah man that was a great con so anyway um I got thinking about, you know, while I was there, and there were there were a couple of things where there were people in traditional costumes, either for photo ops or performing supposed traditional drumming and singing. I got this idea for a movie. I'm not going to bore anybody with my idea. Okay. But I got this story running through my head. I thought, man, this this whole environment is just great place for this, you know, inspiration of, you know, a spooky story or a weird... Um, mingling of the supernatural and the real world. And I thought, you know what? I never watched that movie, The Ruins. Mm. So I watched it the other night. My imaginary movie is way better. <laughs> they okay. usually are. Yeah. Well, I've got final draft if you want to work on it. I don't know. I think I might just tell Stephen Graham Jones the basic outline and see if he wants to write a book. Okay. Um, so, uh, Jolien, do you want to tell us about... Santo y Blue Demon, Contra el Dr. Frankenstein. All right. Or or do we want to jump into the ruins? <laughs> well. Well, what happened in Santo? Well, before we do that, spoiler alerts for anyone who doesn't want these movies ruined for them. <laughs> it's the same thing I did. I didn't even catch myself ruined. He did this last night, and I laughed. <laughs> I called up Will, and I said, hey. And I, he said, oh, I don't want to ruin it for you. I thought he was being intentionally funny, but no. no. And I said, oh, that's okay. Oh, ruin it for me. And he started to tell me about the plot. It's like, <laughs> no, no. The, the bad pun. So tell us about Santo y Blue Demon. All right. Um, 
It's, uh, well, you, you can probably guess the plot because it's the same as most of the other ones. It's like there's some mad scientist swapping brains around people. Naturally. Uh, yeah, this, this time he's he's trying to uh, make, uh, he, he's, in addition to swapping brains around, he's, he's figured out that uh, there's this factor in our blood, um, I think it's uh, factor B or something, uh, which can which causes us to age so he's he's figured out how to restore his youth so he's uh, dr frankenstein is the grandson of the frankenstein and uh he's 113 years old and his young his his name is erwin 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 frankenstein erwin <laughs> i believe i have seen this film um but it's uh it's really lazily filmed <laughs> like uh, you know how in how in real life when there's a whole bunch of you and you're talking to each other, what you do is you all face in one direction and then mm -hmm. everyone takes turns speaking, mm -hmm. so that you don't need to move a camera or anything. Yeah, yeah. All the dialogue That's seems how we, like that. We all talk. There's a car chase where you have like consecutive shots, which are obviously the same stretch of street but oh. slightly different angles. Yes. Uh, the uh, the the main monster is a character named Golem. He's just this big guy with his forehead scar, and uh, at the end they 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 set up a wrestling match with Santo, and they to disguise him they say they're going to change his skin color because he's this like black guy, so they're going to sneak him into the ring by changing his skin color and putting a mask on him, okay, and, and calling him Mortis. So they paint him purple. <laughs> yeah, sounds um, sounds like a good plan so far. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw this on Scooby Doo. Right. Uh, there are two other wrestling matches where uh, Santa and Blue Demon fight a pair of Rudos, and um, both of them, they win the first round, they lose the second round, they win the third round. It's exactly the same. Something every, at the beginning, every time. Bunch of nothing in the middle, and something at the uh, end. But uh, my favorite scenes are like uh, there's, there's one bit where uh, Santa stripped down to this uh, surgical table, and uh, Blue Demon disguises himself as one of the uh, surgeons. He he comes in and he pretends to be the anesthesiologist. <laughs> With the mask on, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> he's, he's got, so he's got a surgical mask over him and, uh, and o it, over his lucha, and then he just like opens up the uh, valve on on his uh, gas tank of you know anesthesiology gas and uh, sprays it around and knocks everyone out. Um, and uh, there's, there's also a nice scene where he's been uh, Frankenstein has been experimenting on uh, various women. And uh, instead of just like dumping them in a river, he he like sews them up, and you know they, they've died. You know it hasn't worked out for him, but just to freak everyone out, he he sends out the walking corpses, and they go back to their lovers. Wow! <laughs> and, and <laughs> what so year was this? Come into the bedroom and just kill them. Um, what year is this? Uh, it looks. Yeah, it doesn't have a year on the box. Um, Does it look it's, like it's from the sixties? Yeah, late 60s, I'd so say. So let's say 67. Ju judging by the amount of makeup on the women. They're, they had like uh, the beehives and the bouffants. Very them. short skirts, lots of makeup, okay. very colorful outfits. But, uh, so that's pretty dark subject matter for that era. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's always fighting like mad scientists and vampire women and things like that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Aztec mummies. Quite entertaining. <laughs> But, uh, Robots. Yeah, and um, I also saw Hillbillies in a Haunted House. Oh Have dear you seen that one? Lord! <laughs> Have you seen oh. that? 
I like the name. What that happened? movie wrestled me to the ground and made me submit so quickly. Props to that movie. I had to turn it off. Really? I could not make it through. Okay. What year was it? 67. Okay. And who was in it? Okay. You've got Joy Lansing playing Boots Malone. Joy Lansing is in the greatest music video ever made called Web of Love. Hmm. I, don't I don't know that. Trapped in the Web of Love. Look it up online. Web of Love with Joy Lansing, J-O-I. It's awesome. All right. Hmm. Um, that was from the previous year. It was made as a, like one of those Scobitone films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a video jukebox. Um, she was in Touch of Evil. Yeah. She was also in Bigfoot. And she was in the Beverly Hillbillies TV series. Well, what did she do in Beverly Hillbillies? Uh, she was granny. <laughs> she was a really yeah, hot She had granny. tons of uh, like uncredited parts. Like she was in uh, Easter Parade. And she was in Singing in the Rain and stuff like that. Yeah, she was familiar. I when, mm-hmm. when I watched uh, the bit, I watched. Then her co-star is Ferlin Husky, <clears throat> who is an actual country star. Mm-hmm. He's playing mm-hmm. Woody Weatherby. Yep. And then there's another guy who's the light relief. He's the kind of... You know, by the 50s and 60s, you still had the Manton Moreland character, but he was always played by a white person. Yeah. So, you know, Shaggy, out Scooby-Doo, is basically mm-hmm. that character. Right. So, uh, yeah, you've got this guy called Jeepers, played by Don Bowman. Jeepers. Um, That's he, what made me stop. <laughs> he was in the Las Vegas Hillbillies, which is the previous movie. Uh, okay. Then you've got Lon Chaney Jr. Yep. As Maximilian. Basil Rathbone as Griggle. Wow. Yep. John Carradine as Dr. Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was uh, the Nicolas Cage of his era. He would just make any movie. Oh, yeah. Um, George Barrow is playing a gorilla named Anatole. Really? Linda Ho playing Madame Wong. And Alan Young or Jung playing Dr. Fu. Um, there's always spies. And... So it's you know the plot. A couple of minutes into the movie, you know... Hillbilly's in a haunted house. There are spies. You know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. So the plot kind of ends for a really long time. You can just, you just zone out. Yep. <laughs> and there's various country songs. Yep. And <laughs> you've probably switched off. But That's about the time I yeah, switched just goes off. On and on. And then they wrap up the spy plot. And then there's still 20 minutes to go. So they just have this country concert. Yeah. Nash- Nashville Hootenanny That's or what I heard. Right. Who performs? Uh, Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard. Really? Yeah, some yeah. good people. Merle Haggard, Molly B, Sonny James, Jim Kent, Marcella Wright. So it's a good lineup. Wow. Uh, directed by Gene Yarbrough. I think this is his last film. He, he directed Devil Bat. And he directed like some of the Rondo Hatton movies and oh, Adam okay. Costello and the Bowery Boys. He did a bunch of Bowery Boys. Uh. Um, uh, Carradine was... He, he'd already done Kentucky Moonshine... And Down Missouri Way, which are another kind of another couple of hillbilly comedies. So this was not Lon his... Chaney Jr. also did a lot of moonshine. I understand <laughs> <laughs> preparation for this role. Yes, um, this was what was uh, not yet known as exploitation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a whole bunch of these like hillbilly comedies in the sixties, weren't they? Like Herschel Gordon yeah. Lewis did some. And by the way, Sharon Tate was in uh, Beverly Hillbillies a couple episodes. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. a weird little trivia bit. Uh, it was also got Richard Webb as Jim Meadows, agent of Mother. Richard Webb. Uh, mm. Dick Webb. Mother is master organization to halt enemy resistance. Oh, I love the 
<laughs> what is that? Anagram? Anagram, I think. Acronym? Acronym, Acronym that's, that's what it is. Yeah, so it's... Bananagram. That, that, was, that was the decade that was. One of the better drinks I had at the resort. The, the decade that was. Wow, you <laughs> made it through? Yep, I watched the whole thing. Wow. Yeah, because it just <laughs> lost the plot at some point, and I just couldn't handle it anymore. Right, yeah, there's, there's just no plot for like and a Jeepers good... And Jeepers was totally Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Or Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Right. Jeepers. <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners know that Shaggy was voiced by Casey Kasem. Mm. All of them now. All both of them. They, yeah. All you all three of y'all. <clears throat> so, exploitation. I think we should You know, I thought of, I thought of a good episode we could do called Horror Not Horror. Mhm. Because like there are people who will get mad at you if you doubt that Jaws is a horror movie or not. I don't think it is personally. Um, I've, I've had people say, oh, Alien, not a horror movie. It's science. Alien's a horror movie. Yeah. I get it. Like, like, Jaws is a horror movie for one reason. It scared people out of the water for a long time. That's true. Remember, uh, like, the old Fangoria's, like, at a certain point, like, from the mid-80s onwards, I think, uh, like, horror movies had such a bad reputation, and they were generally bad Yeah. as well. And uh, so, like, every horror movie that come out, the article, the director or writer or whatever would say, oh, this isn't a horror movie, this is, like, a psychological thriller. Mm, yes, I remember a lot of psychological thrillers. Yeah. So that sounded more adult. Psychological thriller about a maniac in a cabin. Yeah. Yeah, that was horror shame. Uh, people Horror just, shame. Yeah, people were horror shaming a lot back then. <laughs> so... I'm glad we finally got over it. Now it's on our normal television. Yeah. There's more horror on TV now than ever before. Fox News runs it all the time. <laughs> they do. You can bleep that out if you don't want to get political. Man. Just have what it, news does all the time. I, I have no I have no problem leaving that in personally. Yeah. I don't think any of us have really gotten up on a soapbox about anything yet. Yet. <laughs> all right. Did we cover Santo pretty well? Yeah. Uh, now, are the Santo movies in general... Um, crappy or really crappy? <laughs> well, are they a big recommend? And if so, for what reasons? Uh, ones I like are the, the early ones, the early 60s ones. Santo versus the Vampire Women, Santo and the Wax Museum. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're obviously like... Uh, they, they, they're they really into the universal classics and... Um, they're emulating the, it as know, well as possible. With nice, you know, lighting and you know, most of those were black and white. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the vampire women look good. Yeah. Um, uh, so they're they're actually like fun, and and then the the later ones are just so goofy, like Sandom, the, the, the where it gets more and more team ups. So you get more mm-hmm. and more monsters, and you get him and Blue Demon and Mil Mascaras. And I love when when whoever they're, they're he just and the Blue fun. Demon are just wearing suits, but they still have their masks. Oh on. yeah, they're always my they favorite scenes. Around. Those are the best. <laughs> and everybody acts like it's perfectly yeah. normal that these guys are wearing right, these right. luchador masks. So like a guy in a suit and a mask walks into a police station. Everyone's like, "Hi, Santo. We'll tell you what's going on with this case." Yep. <laughs> Maybe you'll straighten it out for us because we're a bunch of yeah. bumbling boobs that can't do our own detective work. Yeah. Let's tell the guy Santo in the mask. Santo is pretty great. <laughs> I want a movie where it's just them walking around in suits. 
trying to get a small business loan (laughs) to open some sort of, I don't know, luchador costume cleaning shop. Maybe a photo lab. Yeah, something. I think that would be nice. It would be nice for them to have in their retirement. (laughs) Well, shall we talk about the ruins? Yes. All right. So, Will, you had not seen this before. Not seen it. What did you think? Well, did, did it remind you of Little Shop of Horrors, as I promised? No, but I thought it should be. It should be uh, teamed up with The Happening. Oh yeah, that's a it was good a killer point. plant movie. I'm gonna spoil it right now. I haven't seen that. Squash one. plants come out and kill people on a Mayan ruin in mm-hmm. Australia. Yes, mm. not filmed in Mexico. <laughs> whatsoever in fact if you had to go as far on the globe away from mexico as you could get and still have sunshine i think australia would be it so did the uh, temple look authentic to you you're an expert now um well i did see it under the goofs and imdb it basically said that it's got you know a tread and a riser whereas the actual mayan temples are just like a solid step yeah so therefore no but at a glance yeah they do look authentic um if somebody said well this was in some remote area of mexico where they filmed this and and they covered up the fact they filmed it in australia i might believe it uh it it was weird that um that it was more cost effective to go all the way to australia that's what i was trying to figure out like what was they were they in australia already yeah um were those actors australian Doing American accents? I don't think they were. I'm pretty sure that actor playing the German was not German. No, no. His name was just like... And reality, Germans don't show up on film, so you have to get a (laughs) Belgian. (laughs) If we learn nothing else from Shadow of the Vampire, it was that. So the budget for this thing was $8 million. million, And it it grossed $19.4 million. Um, released in, in, uh, April of 2008, um, close that weekend. <laughs> well, it did something to bring in that kind of money. Yeah. Um, it did, did pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of the, some of the great things about this are that they just kind of, they cold open with this woman screaming trapped in a dark room and something's happening and you don't know what. And I think she's trying to use her cell phone or something. And then, um, it switches to this you know, this view from above these treetops and then a resort. And I was like, oh, no, not a resort. Um, and uh, you see these friends are, this group of friends are on a vacation and they immediately meet this German, question mark, this German guy with um, connections to going to these... Um, Matthias. Yes, Matthias. Matthias. From Munich. Yes, I'm from Munich. <laughs> yeah, he, I don't think he was German. So... Um, so this guy immediately kind of offers up, hey, let's go to this archaeological dig and uh, see these Mayan ruins. And these friends are all about it, and then they party down with him, and the brunette girl gets way too drunk, and I think she tries to make out with him or something. And she um, and her, her boyfriend, who I nicknamed Dr. Boyfriend for my notes. Dr. I, boyfriend. Yeah. So um, when they, when they wake up the next morning like let's get going let's go to this thing she's like hung over and throwing up and you'd think well she's just not gonna go she goes 
Like she's not even hungover. She should have been miserable. But she had I was. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> the the stomach cramping, the vomiting was starting to set in. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I hadn't I hadn't gotten to the I remember watching this with Emily and like at this point this film had lost her because she's so tired. <laughs> this is 10 minutes in. Every horror movie you have to see someone throwing up. Trope, trope, and they trope. always throw up something look, looks like uh, yogurt. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's no like carroty butter it's sick. So it <laughs> Damn it. never looks like the real thing. It's always like this kind of fruit yogurt. You know, if I made films, I'd make sure only real vomit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Find out what their trigger that is. That super real plastic one that you can order by mail. Recommend yeah. it. Yeah. And then the other thing was that she that really takes her out of the movie is people acting stupidly. They they're not they don't have to be stupid people. You know. You know, you've got this like doctor guy and so on, but uh, you know they look—they seem to be college kids or something, right? But they could just go out to the jungle in their flip-flops, right? Not knowing where they're going, who don't bring, they're don't with, bring any how, water. how to get back. Yeah, every every basic thing, and she just uh, loses sympathy for people you're supposed to be worried about, like so. You know. Pretty soon into it, you know, you know the all these people are going to die. You hope, because yeah. <laughs> they've been egregiously stupid. So it just, yeah, it just took it completely out of the film. But you know, so we're ten minutes in. <laughs> you know the the one that really gets to me in movies, the ideal beach party, like the nighttime ideal beach party. Everybody's kind of running and laughing, and there's a big bonfire, and everyone's yeah. super fit. Yeah, everybody's running around being fit and. Just drunk enough to be making, you know, yeah. sexy bad decisions and yeah. But, when they were on the beach, I had that thought like, why don't there, why aren't there ever like out of shape middle aged people? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna go see these ruins. Yeah, and you then go to a they beach with the partying Germans. <laughs> You're not gonna see that. No, that body. Um, yeah. So by this point, we'd already seen Hostel and Touristas and yeah. films like that. So you know where this is going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, somewhere good. <laughs> yeah, you know you could you, all going to work Stay out. away from those foreign people with their their bad ideas, treacherous foreign things they do. Mm-hmm. So they ride out to the ruins. Yep, they they catch the super bus out to the ruins. Yep, but they're not really there yet, so they have to take a pickup truck taxi. Yep. Now initially, this guy I think is going to be the harbinger of doom. He's going to warn them and. Refuse to take them. Mm. He kind of refuses to take them and takes them anyway. Because they paid him $20. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, American dollars go really far in Mexico. I don't know how far. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I was tipping like a pimp. <laughs> Probably. I think I might have been. I mean, I was like, you know, handing out money like, no, not really. <laughs> just when it meant something important but these folks were just like hey what if uh would my friend george washington change your mind and he's like he's like okay i'll drive you up to this place that no one wants to go so they get there and um what's the first somewhere thing that... around here i decided this isn't really mexico yeah and they were going over those plain the big grass field that looked like hawaii it yeah it seemed mexican to me at all no, it's... so I wondered the whole movie, like, where was this filmed? 
You didn't pause it and go look it up on IMDb? No, no. I, I looked it up without pausing it. I just looked it up on my phone. I figured I could wait till the end. As long as no hillbillies showed up. <laughs> I hear banjos. <laughs> so, um, so they're all of a sudden poof, they're in the jungle and, uh, oh, look, we don't get a, we don't get a cell phone signal here. Oh, really? I'm shocked. Mm, you got to do that scene now. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And then of course the German guy, um, Matthias or Matthias, however he pronounced it. Um, he's like, oh, I've got this type of phone. And he had like a satellite phone. Mm. And then I think we hear it ring at some point in time. So we know that it's got a certain ring to it. And, uh, and then there's kind of this moment of, Hey, wait, how are we going to get back? So they uncover the path and head to the ruins. Yep. The end. Yeah. They, they we look- assume they had a good day. Probably <laughs> took some pictures, had a light picnic. Yeah. Went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sacrificed someone. Yeah. They pushed Matthias down a hole. <laughs> so, yeah. So some Mayans right out of the jungle and keep them or chase them up the ruin. Yeah, they chase them toward the ruin and then freak out when one of them touches the shrubbery around it. Yeah. Yes. Yes, got to stay away from the shrubbery. It's holy. Yeah, so they were kind of like... The Knights of Knee. Yeah, you weren't sure. <laughs> these guys with the um, the bows and arrows and guns, you weren't sure what they were driving at because they're screaming and yelling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what do you want us to do? You know, yeah. you'd, stand you'd, up, sit you'd down. You figure if this place is taboo to strangers coming in, they'd have some kind of multiple language system set up. At or, least a fence. Yeah, maybe a fence. With a big... Right, skull and crossbones yeah, yeah. on it, you know. Yeah, or, or like you know, big like cue card in yeah, various languages. S- stay away. Yeah. Stay away or, or die. Killer plants. But there's a bunch <laughs> of this yelling, like, "Come here, come here, come here, get away, get away, get away!" You know, we're not sure what they're screaming or yelling, and yeah, it, one guy just kind of flails into the into the scrub, and then they shoot him in the chest with an arrow and then blow a hole in his head. Yep. Blow the back of his head off. Well, Dr. Boyfriend ain't going to do shit about that. Nope. <laughs> so, up, up the uh, up the ruins they go. Yeah, they go running up the steps, and all of a sudden they're at the top where Matthias or Matthias's friends are supposed to be or are supposed to meet them. And somebody said, like, oh, I see a tent. So they get up there, and sure enough, there's mm-hmm. a yellow tent. And then, um, well, let's see. Yeah. Or horror movies, you know, when you want to get away from somebody, you run upstairs. Yeah. It's the most sensible way to go. Well, yeah, especially if it's a grizzly bear, run uphill. They can't chase you uphill. No. <laughs> Ghosts can't go upstairs. They can only go downstairs. That's why they get trapped in basements. Oh. Okay. That explains it. Yep. So I guess the bad dude's got the actual phone? Yeah, that's what they sad yeah that's what they figured so they find this tent is empty uh-huh and there's this um gilligan's island looking rig that somebody has built that that uh, cranks a rope down the hole at the top of this temple yeah mm-hmm. so the logical thing to do is um put the heaviest person on it and start to lower them into I, did, I don't know if they heard the phone. What the they reason? heard the phone and they said, oh, and Matthias said, no, that's my brother's phone. He has the same phone. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to strap my 195-pound frame here 
to this untested rope. Mm-hmm. And you're going to lower me down slowly till the rope frays. And then you're going <laughs> to... This gets <laughs> so funny like... right here. You go, wait a minute, the rope's going to break. Mm-hmm. And then it breaks. And oh, you should have seen the look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Wiley Coyote <laughs> is standing... He hung in the air for a little bit. Yeah, his legs going... <laughs> And gravity doesn't take place until he realizes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then yeah. his body fell and his face stayed. And then his face went and his eyes stayed. And there was this long whistling sound. And then this puff of smoke. Yep. And he left a Matthias-shaped hole. <laughs> Which he climbed out of looking humiliated and dirty. Yeah, and that's when the anvil fell on him. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, yeah. That was awesome. So, so then they, uh, yeah, so Matthias falls. Um, and they decide we got to go down and get him. So they send Blondie down. Yeah. Not Debbie Harry, but the girl with blonde hair. Yeah. Um, they foolishly tell her because she can't reach the bottom. Go ahead and jump. <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, yeah, that sounds fine. And she falls like 20 feet and gets a big piece of glass stuck in her knee. Yeah, it's horrible. Why didn't they take her back up and then tear strips of nylon from the tent like they had planned? So do they know at this point the plant life is acidic, so it's eaten through the rope? No, I don't think they've noticed. Well, they noticed uh, that if you touch it, it makes your hands sting. Okay. Because Matthias found his brother's body there and uh-huh. pulled some of the vines off, and his hands got all red and stingy. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Stinging nettles will do that to you. Those things are horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in my local park once when I was a kid, and this big boy on a bicycle went barging past us and laughed at us for getting out of his way. And then he, he tried to make this corner and, and missed it and went into this pit full of stinging nettles and <laughs> laying in there screaming while we, we laughed until we cried. Was, oh, was Yakety, oh was, Good times. Was Yakety Sax playing while he was <laughs> yeah. writhing around screaming? <laughs> uh, then you got to run the film forward and back a few times. <laughs> I'm picturing some sort of overweight, sort of Victorian child with little cap and short pants riding a penny farthing (laughs) exactly yeah augustus gloop (laughs) kind of so um the the the, uh the the tip top of bad ideas takes place next this girl amy decides in a series of oh yes in a series of nothing but horrible ideas Well, maybe this isn't the most horrible one so far, but Amy decides, hey, let's head back down there to those guys who shot an arrow through and blew the head off of our friend and ask them for help. Well, okay. To be fair, they had not asked them for help yet. But but, uh, she seems to have discovered that the shrubs are punishable by death because she chucks them at this kid. And he gets hit and then they shoot him. They shoot him like straight away. Yeah. Like, there's there's no time. We have to shoot this kid now. And uh, so, you know, back at the Gilligan's Island rig, they um, they build a gurney, and, of course, it's a few feet short of rope, 
So the two girls kind of have their Lucy and Ethel moment of trying to hoist Matthias onto this rig, onto this gurney. Oh, man, he falls like an accordion. (laughs) It's great. He's screaming, oh, my legs! (laughs) <laughs> Not I can feel beam. again. No, well, no, no. Back, back. Okay, I can feel. No, oh, I lost it. They strap him to this gurney. Oh, it's. He whacks his head on the walls about six times on the way up. So is this as good as the uh, Wicker Man scene? <laughs> Nothing in this is as my good legs, as the Wicker legs. Man. No, my legs. <laughs> Nothing's as good as that scene. <laughs> the bees. Uh, so the um. Apparently the professor left them a crank light, so they get a little light going, like the dude mm-hmm. like does the yeah. bicycle crank with his hands, and they figure out that they should probably try and get some sleep, and then uh, and they suggest that maybe we could get Matthias an aspirin. Yeah, an aspirin. That'll fix let's him. look for an aspirin. <laughs> That'll fix him right up. <laughs> oh, he's thinking, just kill me, get me out of this movie now. Uh, yeah, be like just. Come on, just hold the pillow over my face. It won't be that long. So the next morning, Dr. Boyfriend is urinating and uh, finds a body. Yeah. Which is like nothing ruins a good morning urination like a dead body in I your path. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. Um, it's amongst this kind of kudzu. And Wasn't for- that Matthias's brother's body? I think it was. Yeah, and he had been eaten all up yeah. in the night Yeah. by something. It was pretty gross. Yeah. Now, for anybody outside of, and I don't know if kudzu grows anywhere else, but in the United States, um, uh, deep south, there's a vine that grows really quick and just envelops and tangles up everything, and it's called kudzu, spelled K-U-D-Z-U, or to our people in the UK, K-U-D-Z-U. Is that right? Zed, correct. Zed, okay. They wouldn't know what I was talking about if I said Z, so I had to, you know, clarify. No, no idea. No, no idea. Don't, I don't want to leave anyone out of this, but kudzu uh, behaves a lot like this stuff. It just envelops everything and chokes it. Yeah. And then starts imitating cell phones. Uh, so, yeah, Dr. Boyfriend. I kudzu is from Southeast Asia. Is it? Yeah. Oh, man. So, it, it's, a, it's an invading species. It was brought here for accidentally or for some reason, and then it got away. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it's deadly. It'll eat you. Hey, it will eventually. It'll crawl inside you and make you freak out. And then wriggle around under your skin. Uh-huh. So kudzu. So our Indonesian listeners will know what we're talking about then. Kudzu. Maybe. I don't know where it hmm. comes from. We have to look that up on the phone. We should do that. Yes. Or write in now. Send <laughs> send us a postcard. So, um, so Blondie has... Um, some of this vine growing out of the wound on her leg. And then, holy shit, Matthias is covered. Like, completely covered. Like, from, like, the... And they've eaten all the flesh off his legs. Ah, so gross. Yeah. He's like, oh, my legs! (laughs) My legs, my legs, you bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Back up, I swear to God, I will shoot you! I think is what he says next. Um, So the, the plot point is revealed for anybody who can't put two and two together so we now we know the vines are evil and they're doing bad things and they will attack your skin um so they're going to make some torches and you know go spelunking back into the pyramid mm. which is a terrific idea <laughs> so at this point uh in addition to all the other things going against it um 
I was thinking this movie is ripping off Matango, which is this Japanese movie from 63. Now, you happen to have this DVD sitting here. Tell us about, this is a good place to pause the ruins and talk about Matango. It might have played it uh, some like a, you know, Asian theaters in on the West Coast. But Matango was released to American TV in 66 as Attack of the Mushroom People. Uh, Matango is a really cool film. Okay. Directed by Shiro Honda. Uh, really good cast. Um, very nice looking. Based on a story called The Voice in the Night by William Hope Hodgson. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, so the, the basically the idea is there's this island where there's this uh, fungus um, which plays on people's minds, infests their body, mm-hmm. turns people into fungal creatures until Time. it completely absorbs them. Um, <clears throat> it can imitate human voices, nice. lure people in. And so these, these stupid tourists get drawn into it you know, through their own failings and uh you know it preys on them it's like they're they're hooked on drugs or something neat uh so they start seducing each other into taking some of the mushroom and uh yeah so they will get absorbed into this jungle mushroom hmm some of this sounds familiar yes so at this point in in the ruins i was thinking okay this is ripping off my tango if it had made some nods to it or something, you know, it's like a tribute or if they acknowledged it in the reviews or articles or anything, I would have said, oh, cool. But, ah, but it's just a ripoff. Nah. Well, that's the funny thing about this one. <clears throat> when they get down into the pyramid, you know, down inside it this time, uh, they see a dead girl and then, oh, yeah, they hear the cell phone ringing again. So maybe they can finally get the phone and get the hell out of there. And it becomes visually apparent that... The cell phone noise is coming from these flowers. Yes. And all these flowers are sort of rattling and jingling at the same time and making the cell phone noise. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty clear now that um, they've been duped. So a little shop Oldest of trick in the book. <laughs> the, yeah, and there's, there's like crows and things that imitate cell phones, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Magpies. Hmm. Yeah. I had a, um, a grackle on my table in Mexico. That was seriously going to just like roll up and take stuff off my plate. So I don't underestimate anything birds would do. Did it make ringing noises? It would if I thought it would get some tacos. I mean, seriously, this bird was, it was ready to do whatever it took to get some tacos. Now, if I was making this movie. You'd have Nicolas Cage in it. Well, (laughs) that's a given. Uh, John Carradine's dead. You have to have Nicolas Cage. I would... I would have, okay, they can't leave because the Mayans at the base of the pyramid and the vines. I would have them go into the ruins. It's called the ruins. Mm -hmm. Go in there. Maybe the plants can't grow in the dark, Mm. but they figure there might be a way out. Mm -hmm. You set that up earlier. Right. Um because how much does it cost? How much more does it cost to film some people in a dark hallway? <laughs> mm, I think nothing. Yeah. You know, um, you could have at least gotten something there. Maybe there was something else down there, too. Jaguar yeah. spirit. Or... Watch a movie like As Above, So Below, and you'll realize that 
you know, as far as set construction goes, you know, or the descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't take much. That's what I kept thinking, that it was going to be the descent. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, on, yeah that's, that's a good point, because, like, for a movie called The Ruins, this temple's in pretty good shape. It's just the overgrown. Yeah, it's just overgrown, and it doesn't really figure in. in the, evidently, this is based on a book. Yeah. In the it, book, it's a hill covered with vines. Okay. Which, boy. It's a novel by Scott Smith, who wrote Simple, A Simple Plan. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Um, so the, uh, wow. the Ben Stiller's company bought the rights to it based on a treatment or yeah. a synopsis or something uh, before it was actually finished. Yeah. So, so they didn't know it was going to be on a hill. <laughs> wow. This also made me think of the much much scarier, uh, is it Creep Show or Tales from the Crypt with the the monster in the pond that you oh the raft yeah Yeah. creep show too creep show too that one always freaked me out as a kid (laughs) yeah that is pretty creepy yeah so what did you think of the part where they were where they decided to remove the dude's legs with a smashing with a rock um didn't seem like a good idea (laughs) but what had so far yeah you know surprised the rock didn't slip out of their hands and conk somebody on the head <laughs> if, if it's come to removing someone's legs and you don't have any surgical tools there, there's some major arteries in there you might as well just smash his skull in because yeah. he's not going to live through he's not going to make it and the whole we have to break the bones right like, who wrote this crap yeah it's just to get another gross scene yeah yeah there was Oh, Dr. Boyfriend says something about some disease attacking the bones, which was inaccurate information. And then, yeah, well, let's surgically remove his legs with this rock. Yeah, he was going to get sepsis. But if you lop off a leg with a rock, Mm -hmm. you'll be fine. It'll kill the bacteria for sure. They'll just move right out. Mm -hmm. Well, sometime during the night, all of the gang had gone crazy. And... um, I think they realized that, uh, you know, the plants had gone down Matthias's throat. They tried to save him, and then the plants had, uh, they were imitating the blonde girl screaming. So, you, so I think everybody finally got a look at that, you know, the plants going, yeah. yeah. I thought the plants should have grown out of Matthias. That would have been better. Her. Yeah. That would have been better. So they end up operating on her and pulling vines out of, you know, because they could see it wriggling under her skin. And then Again, it, yeah. brilliant idea. But she ends up really cutting herself badly to get the rest of it out. And they've all lost their damn minds at this point. And um, she ends up sta- stabbing the one dude and Dr. Boyfriend sets up some fake out and he yells something and Amy starts running and... He gets know. hit with arrows and then shot. Yeah. She and, gets in the Jeep, drives away... But has the thing under her skin. Yeah. Which they should have played under <laughs> under my skin at that point. I think they <laughs> they shot three endings to this film. Oh yeah. There's one where she just drives away. There's one where she you see it, you know, appearing on her. Uh huh. And I think they did another one where they're 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 back home or something. Oh yeah, they're, they're I think they're back in the states and there's like a cemetery with. Some of them, one of them buried there, and the 
plants are growing out of the grave uh, or something. That would have been, that a better might have ending. been an okay ending. But no, they decide to show like these Greek guys showing up, yelling like, oh, what's the most stereotypical Greek name you can think of? No, Dimitri. So that's the guy who died at the beginning. Oh, is that Got what it was? Shot with the arrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had his plane ticket. Those guys were going to show up the next day. That's how they were going to get out of there. Oh yeah. So they show up <sighs> yelling Dimitri, and then it uh, just outro credits to the yeah yeah yeahs, which was mm-hmm. actually one thing they got right. Yeah, gold line, isn't it? Yeah. So that's how, that's how the novel ends as well with another group turning up and. So, would either one of you recommend this? No. It was no wolf cop. (laughs) (laughs) I would only recommend this if you were going to watch it with The Happening. Mm, Double feature. I'll have to see The Happening now. Oh, man. Which contains the famous line, be scientific, douchebag. And that's Marky Mark talking to himself. Okay. I don't remember that bit. Oh, man, that's a great line. I just remember that the... uh, Plants make people kill themselves. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I ruined it for everybody. Oh, whoops. Um, I know that director did one other horror movie uh, called Jamie Marks is Dead. Have you seen that one? No, not mm. even heard of that it. That sounds more interesting. The spoiler is in the title. He's obviously, a, he's got talent, the, the director. Yeah, I didn't think uh, that It's well, well made, but it's just the, the stories. It's bad uh, material. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a very very thin plot. Um, you didn't care about any of these people, and then they proceed to make really dumb, dumb mistakes. Mm-hmm. I much preferred if people were smart, and then bad things still happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so Emily was just like, "Oh, come on and die," in so many words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was mercifully short, if I remember right. It was about an hour and a half. I think the runtime was like, yeah, it was pretty short, an hour and a half. Can, on, but it was still not enough story. Hillbillies in a haunted house was like an hour and a half, and that was a long movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one, um, I recommend it for anybody who wants to laugh at it, or is afraid of kudzu. Yeah. But otherwise, no. So squash plants. Although the flowers didn't look like squash plants, the vines did. No, they look like. Some kind of weird orchid or something. I think somebody should go in and change all those pot plants. And <laughs> yeah. If you want to watch a movie where, where a, a group of people are trapped somewhere and there's there's some kind of creature which is imitating them and you know knocking them off one by one, then check out uh, Matango and uh, Attack of the Crab Monsters. Okay. And, and Predator. And Predator. Ties right back in. Yeah, there's a few ghost movies I want to I want to say that uh, that do some things where they trick people, but um, yeah, this this is uh, this is not great, but I think if you want to laugh at it, go ahead and watch it. Um, I don't recommend it for anyone who wants to take it seriously though. No, could have been so much better. Yeah. Yeah, because it's got this serious tone to it. Yeah. So that that makes you start thinking about motivations and characters and stuff and then then it falls apart yeah it just can't hold it up um it does been done humorously maybe it would have worked better yeah it does sort of write itself into a corner doesn't it yeah yeah any ideas what we should do for next time oh uh 
I was lent the movie Near Dark. Oh. Near Dark. Yes, I've not seen it. Okay, it's good. You guys want to watch it? All right. I don't see any reason why not. Okay. Let's do Near Dark. It's um, my uh, boss at Kilgore. It's a big horror movie fan, and he was surprised I hadn't seen it. So. Uh, does he listen at all? Uh, yeah, he, he called me up uh, one day and he goes... <laughs> Did you get yelled at? He goes, what the hell is Spider Baby? <laughs> oh, shit, really? Yeah, I'm like, listen to it. And, and so I, I don't know if he's watched it yet. I told him it's online, so... Yeah, uh, it's not hard to find. Yeah, but yeah. He, he recommended Near Dark and, you know, it sounded good. Cool. Yeah, I've... I've uh... Read some good feedback on our uh, Lost Films episode. People, oh, yeah. People seem to like that, which I think was very informative. I mean, not a lot of what we talked about could you run out and get, other than the ones that have been <laughs> found or, you know, further, yeah. further restored. But um, in our um, Judith O'Day episode, which is pretty short, uh, that interview, um, I mentioned the fact that um, Night of Living Dead was being fully restored. And, uh, you know, the rumor is that there are nine minutes of additional footage that will make that the complete and definitive edition and she hadn't heard anything that was a hundred percent you know a yes or no on that but uh does, so, does she know when it's coming out um no uh i think next year is going to be next year or the year after is going to be the 50th well next year is the 50th anniversary of filming Okay. Yeah. And then the year after will be the 50th anniversary of the release of the movie. Right. So maybe they're going to hold out for that. But it's going to it's going to be a good restoration, I think. But uh yeah, she was, you know, quite forthcoming. And something I don't think I mentioned previously was that most funny and interesting thing at her table at uh, Walker Stalker Denver. Uh she and Russ Striner both have these beautiful eight by tens like these look like they're straight from the negative you know like the production stills from night of living dead they're just as crisp as can be and um you know not even dust or scratches on them they're just perfect and uh she has one that's a group photo of everyone sitting on the grass and smiling hmm. and it's in color it's the weirdest huh. thing to see a still from that movie well from in that color. from that set and it's in color and like the dress she's wearing is actually orange and yellow or something like that. And it was just bizarre. Hmm. And uh, to see all these really serious characters from this very serious situation, you're just kind of laughing together. <laughs> it was really cool. I should have bought that one. But uh, yeah, that, that was um, that was pretty cool to, you know, get a little inside information from her and, you know, her background. And then, of course, the Russ Striner interview. He really led us in on some interesting stuff, too. So that's going to be pretty cool to look forward to. So, all right. Should we call it a? I think we should call it a night. Let's do that. Or a show, or whatever. Yeah. So, listeners, if you get a chance to rate, review, subscribe, go to iTunes, do that. Uh, it helps us out to get noticed, I guess. And um, thanks again to the Moon Race for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. And find them on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy their music. Um, until next time, stay off the moors.